Hi, this is Ken Doherty, and you're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast with Jimmy Williams. Red Devil Talk is the latest Manchester United fan site with authentic write-ups on all things United, as well as interviews with former players. In addition, Red Devil Talk examines the growing concept of sports psychology in the modern game. I'd like to start with the book anyway, first of all, if that's okay. No problem. So when did you start gathering your ideas for this book? Has this been something you've been planning for a long time? No, not at all. I'll tell you how it came about, Jimmy. Um, I, uh, the, the guy who, who has ended up co-writing it with me, he's, um, he's been a big United fan for a long time and really started to take an interest in, in United when, when we all um, started being talked about the class of 92, basically. Um, and because I spend a lot of time travelling back and forth through London, he contacted me because he'd seen me at London Euston Station. Uh, and he said, I've got um, a book that I've been doing for ages and you're one of, the, for one of the, the few people whose autograph I don't have. Would you mind meeting me and, and signing my book for me? So, of course, I said no problem. So I met Dan at Euston Station. And then about an hour later, he called me back after I'd left him and he said... Um, have you ever thought what a, a really interesting story you had to tell? Have you ever thought about doing a book? And straight away, Jimmy, I just said, do you know what? No, I haven't. It, it, it's never anything that I've thought about. Uh, and it took sort of two or three really persuasive phone calls from him uh, and obviously to pitch the idea of how he would plan on writing it and going about it for me to uh, eventually agree to it. Uh, this was probably about the beginning of September last year, so you're probably talking, you know, more than 12 months ago. Um, and we were just about to pull the plug on it, believe it or not, because uh, a lot of the publishers that Dan approached to say would they take it on felt as though it was a little bit too closely linked to Adrian Doherty, somebody who I'm sure that you were... Uh, you will have kept tabs on in your time, and obviously it was very, very sad what happened to him. Yes. Um, and uh, and for that reason, we sort of said, right, well, we'll give it two weeks, and if uh, if we can't find anybody, then it basically it, we, we can't go ahead with it. And about three days before we were due to pull the plug on it, um, the publishers that are obviously now publishing the book, Pitch, came forward and said, we're, you know, we'll we'll take a chance on it. We'll do it, um, and it all started from there, really. And uh, and I met up with Dan probably, you know, some weeks. I met up with him more than others um, to discuss the book. And obviously, he went away, and and I put him in contact with various different people that I wanted to contribute to the book. Um, and that's why it, it you know it took a, quite a while in coming. I've been in touch with Dan and I've ordered my copy. I can't wait to read it, but are you happy with it? Has it set out to capture what you hoped to capture? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I had to read it two or three times just for, you know, any any mistakes that I, I thought might have gone in along the way. Um, and uh, one thing that a lot of people that have spoken to me um, about it have said that they're, they're really, you know... The way that it's been put together. I mean, obviously, if you've not read it yet, Jimmy, then you won't <laughs> you won't realise. But it's a book that's sort of it's been extremely well put together. But it's not in chronological order. It sort of jumps around. But 
I don't want you to think that it's very, very difficult to follow because it's not. A, um, like I said, he's done it differently to, to how you would probably have read most other autobiographies. And um, and it, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with, with, A, the way it's been written by Dan and, and B, the content. How much pride do you take in the fact that the class of 92, so the likes of Neville, Boss, Scholes, Beckham, Giggsy, how much pride do you take in the fact that they've been heavily involved still 20 years later and are willing to contribute to your book? Amazing. It makes me feel, um, well, first of all, it's very overwhelming. Um, secondly, I feel extremely humble and proud. And thirdly, it doesn't really surprise me because um, we all got on so well as a group of players that I, I, I felt as though the only difficulty I would have is, is in tracking them down and, and, and with there being such busy guys even these days. Um, uh, just just finding the time, I, I, I was, you know, I, I would have been very surprised if any of them, and disappointed, I suppose, if any of them would have said no, knowing that if any of those guys were doing a, a book, then and somebody approached me, then I, I would be, you know, too happy to to uh, to contribute. So it makes me feel very humble, very proud. But um, but they're such good lads that I, I, I you know, there, there were very few doubts that I had that any of them would say no. I spoke to Gary recently and I obviously don't know the other guys but he strikes me as a very genuine guy and I know he's been a big supporter of the book. He uh, um, He's an absolute top man. He really is. He's, uh, it, you know, I, I, he obviously has this um, this persona on the TV and, and certainly when he was playing as well uh, as being very, very single-minded, which he is and that's why he was so successful as a player and he's now being equally as successful as a, as a businessman. Um, but he's been one of my friends for a long, long time, and and he, he wrote the foreword for the book, and he, he's put tweets out and 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 uh, put things on his Instagram page, and again makes me feel very humble. But uh, you know, I'm I, I'm so glad that our friendship has uh, not just with him, but with them all has has lasted as long as it has, and, and none of us have, have completely lost touch with each other. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled with the input that Gaz has had. And, and indeed, he's, he's hosting uh, my launch, which is a week on Thursday uh, at, at Hotel Football, which, I'm uh, again, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to. A little bit nervous, Jimmy, I'll be honest with you, but still, you know, really looking forward to it. Well, I hope it goes great. And as I said, I can't wait to read it. But I'd like to reminisce about your time with the club now, if that's OK. Yeah, far away. Am I correct in saying you joined United at age 14? That's right. Um, there'll be a, a little bit of a, 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 a place in the book where you read that um, I had a visit to my house when I was 14 by uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and, and somebody who, who didn't end up contributing to the book, which is a little bit sad. Sir Alex didn't, but he would have done had it not been for the terrible ordeal that he's been through since May with his hospitalisation. Um, and I'm sincerely hoping that he will uh, he, he will pen something for the paperback copy, which will be out in the new year. Um, but Brian Kidd as well, because they were, obviously they were a, they were a, they were a team a little bit later on when Brian Kidd was promoted to the first team coach. But at the time of of the visit to my to my parents' house back when I was 14, uh, Brian Kidd was the was the guy that, that took us for evening training at the Cliff. Um, so they came together. Um, and uh, I, I was, you know, I always wanted to, to, to play for Man United and to have the manager, you know, standing on my doorstep one Friday evening back in 
1989 was uh, was something that I, I, I will always remember and uh, will, will, will is a very special place in in, in my heart. I'm going to read a quote now from Nobby Styles, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, far away. He says, Ben is the closest thing I've seen to George Best in all my time at the club. <laughs> How does that make well, you feel? Is, is that something that embarrasses you? Or? Well, it, it, it seems, uh, obviously, with the way things turned out, Jimmy, it seems like a, a very, very strange thing for people to get their head round, and none more so, believe it or not, than myself. Um, so I, I, I wasn't present when that was said. That was passed to me by... Um, a, a very, very good friend's father of mine who happened to be in the same company um, one Sunday afternoon when uh, when they, they had uh, mutual acquaintances and they were sitting around a table. And, and to hear that um, from Nobby, I mean, it, it would have been lovely to hear it from Nobby himself, uh, but obviously he, he, with, his, um, with, with, his, with his health, it, it, it wasn't possible for... For Nobby to be able to contribute, but I mean that is just a, a, a statement that for me to be to be classed in the same category as as the boys from the class of '92 is something. But to be classed at that time by a World Cup winner um, in the same in the same breath as as what you know some people still firmly believe was the greatest player that they ever saw. I mean that is um, that is a hell of an accolade, and and I don't know for the life of me whether I would have been able to lived up to that. But um, I'm hoping that people will will obviously sit up and take notice that this uh, this statement came from uh, from a World Cup winner. So I, I feel extremely honoured to be to be placed in, in in such high esteem. I'm going to jump to April 1994 now, and a moment that I suppose changed your whole life. Did you know how bad the tackle was at the time, or? Um, I, I I didn't know. I, I knew that it was a bad tackle, Jimmy. Um, I knew that there was that there was instant damage. I I think that the one thing at that age, because although I'd had one or two injuries, it was nothing that I ever thought I, I was never going to be able to overcome. And and yet it suddenly became apparent that uh, you know this was. Uh, especially when uh, when the surgeon opened me up the following morning to to go in and repair the damage, um, it very quickly became apparent that, that this was a, a, a serious knee injury. And for somebody that had been operating on knees for 25, 30 years, for him to turn around and say that it, it, it is without question one of the top three worst knee injuries that he'd ever seen, um, then I, 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 I was, you know, very, very taken aback that, there is a there was a very good chance that not only would I would I not play for Man United, but maybe that I, I wouldn't ever play professional sport again, which was heartbreaking. I read an article the other day in the Guardian, and very good article. It was a very good article. It was very David sad. Heiner. It was very sad too. I thought. Yeah, I um, I think that um, the, the guy who wrote it, David Heidner, who who happened to be a somebody that I grew up on the next street to when I was like, you know, eight, nine years of age. So we've known each other for a long time, but we only reconnected when uh, when I was working for MUTV and he was covering the FA Cup semi-final back in April against Spurs at Wembley. Uh, and he knew about the book and was coming out and was, was adamant that he would love to do something with me for it. Uh, and I'm not sorry that I did because the article was superb. 
Um, he, he did capture a lot of, of, of what I'm all about and what I, I, I have been about, um, the, the poignant moments and, and how sad it was for me and how disappointed I was that, that I, I was never going to have a, a, the career that maybe I was destined for at Old Trafford. But, but also that I, I, you know I've I've maintained a, a, a certain persona where I've always tried to have a bright outlook on life, even though maybe that tackle in '94 um, dealt me a, a bit of a cruel hand. So yeah, it was a super article, and uh, and I can understand how um, how, how people. Oh, I, I love the way it came across, and uh, and that that is what I'm hoping that the, the book does as well. That that although I, I'm severely disappointed in, in the way that my footballing career turned out, that I've always tried to maintain um, a, a positive attitude and, and, and with the friends and family uh, that I've, I've had around me over the past sort of 20 odd years, that I, I've, I've come through that and, and, and I'm still a, you know, not, not a bitter or resentful person whatsoever and I'm hoping that the book shows that too. He mentioned in the article that you were potentially going to be in Ferguson's squad for the old MFA Cup game two weeks later and Jim Ryan said to you, do you want to come off, Ben? You said no. Yeah. Does that ever cross your mind that that moment could have changed... I should have said, I should have said yes. <laughs> that could have changed your whole trajectory of your life, I suppose. Absolutely. Is that something I mean, that's played in your mind? You know what, it wasn't even two weeks later. The game that I did my knee in was on the Wednesday night. And the FA Cup semi-final was the Sunday of that following weekend. It was five days away. And obviously you scored two goals in that game. You're on a hat-trick. Yeah, exactly. And and you just... Do you know what? You just think... You're an 18-year-old kid. Uh, things are going well. You, you don't look beyond you know the, the nose and, and the end of your face. And, and, uh, and, I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And if you, if you knew, or if I'd have known what was coming, then, of course... I would have decided to have uh, to have taken his advice, but um, things were going well, and, and you, you just don't realise what's around the corner. And yes, it's a very, very good phrase that the trajectory of my life probably would have gone a bit differently. But as I just mentioned to you earlier, you know, you play professional sport, and and at the end of the day, that was the uh, that was the hand that that life dealt me at that particular moment, and unfortunately, it was a it was a cruel one. Do you think from Nicky Marker's point of view, he was thinking, this 18-year-old piss-taker, I'm going to do him? Um, I will never actually get into a bit of that, but all you have to do, Jimmy, is is have a look at the tackle and uh, and you will make your own mind up. And uh, and I believe that um, a, a friend of mine, a journalist, do you remember Tony Gubber? I don't. You don't? Okay. Well, Tony Gubber was, was a very prominent uh, um, commentator on, on Match of the Day. Uh, throughout the 80s and, and indeed on other channels as well. Very, very popular commentator that, that was, you know, worked with the likes of, at the same time as the likes of Martin Tyler, I know still going, John Motson, Barry Davis, all those sorts of people. Well, Tony Gubber was, was, was talked about in the same light. And his nephew, John, did an article uh, on me just this week that you'll find on the internet. And with it, he, he accompanies the article with a video of the tackle and I would imagine that most people that see it would make their own minds up about what sort of a tackle it was uh, and for me uh, it was it was beyond the call of duty although I will never ever get him to admit that 
he, he did it deliberately. It's very, very difficult to to understand what he had in his mind when you see what he did and, and how he tackled me. In terms of now and your daily life, does the knee injury affect you? Um, it, it doesn't um, in terms of, yes, I do have restricted movement, but um, I trained all through the back end of last year and into the beginning of this year for the London Marathon, which I did in April, which I'm really proud of because uh, I don't think it was something that I ever had on my bucket list, but it just gave me a focus. Um, and I still I still play now. Um, I went over to Malta and took a, a team of FC United players over to Malta. And the guy I've just mentioned, John Gubber, he came over and that and that appears in, in the article that he just wrote. Um, and I played for United when they have matches. Um, I, I've, I organise games for, for, for the ex-players uh, to go around the country and, and we, we, we do come to Ireland from time to time as well. So I'm still, play, I'm still playing, uh, not as often as I, as I would like and not as regularly, but I, I'm still able to play. Um, and albeit the threat of arthritis is always looming over me because my knee has never fully been repaired. Um, at least I do know that I have always got an operation to fall back on to, to help me keep going as long as I possibly can. But at the moment, um, it, it aches a little bit from time to time, Jimmy, but I, I, I'm still able to play and I still go out exercising as, as often as I possibly can. I think it's important to mention that you did regain your place in the site. How did that feel for you? That must have been an immensely proud moment for you personally. Well, I, I did regain my place in the team, but uh, like I said, I, I was never I was never going to be a, a, a regular member. Um, whereas at one stage, it did look as though I, I would be integrated into Sir Alex Ferguson's side on a fairly regular basis, just like the the rest of the lads were. Um, I, I knew that there was there was something just not quite right, just not quite there, and that that sort of half yard of pace that I that I had. Uh, before the injury happened, when I could go either way, and, and by the time the fullback had guessed which way I was going, the ball was crossed into the area. That was something that I prided myself on, and and I, I don't want to be sitting here, you know, singing my own praises, Jimmy, because that that isn't that's not what what I'm about, and I would never ever do that. Um, you, all you need to do is read the book, and and like you said, some of the the expert players that people know, not just in this country, that around the world have given their opinion on what they thought I, I, or what type of player they thought I, I could and would have been. So it's not really my place, but I, I did know that there was something not quite there um, after the injury. In the same Guardian article we just spoke about, I realise these are probably difficult questions, so I'm, I'm very grateful for your honesty, but you mentioned that you used drink as an escape and yeah, there was not a Saturday night gone by when you didn't go on the beer. No. Was that your escape from... I suppose life. It, it it was it was to a to a certain extent when but when I was in Aberdeen. But I think that you know there, there's one or two uh, because because I've uh, you know I, I was open and I was honest with everybody that I've spoken to. Uh, what sort of disappoints me with with certain um, certain newspapers that I've spoken to, and you can imagine which ones they are. They sort of you know use that as a headline, and I think that if people when people read the book then they realise that I wasn't unprofessional in terms of I would never have done that before a game I would never have missed training I always trained as hard as the next person 
But I think what I, one thing that I could have done better, especially when I was up in Aberdeen, um, was I, I could have molded, I could have disciplined myself more. Um, and I think that was because I, w- I was in a foreign place. It was the first time that I, I'd ever been away and lived away from home. I didn't have a partner. And, and I think that you get into a routine whereby, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're on your own. Do you want to come out? And there's always different people that are, that are wanting to do that. And you find yourself saying yes, um, you know, maybe two or three times a week when really you should have just stuck to the one and, 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 and motivated yourself in other ways uh, to, to, you know, to get away from being a little bit lonely, if you like. And, uh, I, and when I look back, I, I'm disappointed in myself and, and almost resent myself, really, that I didn't take the most of the opportunity that I had to um, to actually try and, and enhance my career. And uh, and I did drink for, for, for too long. Not for too long. I did drink more than I should have done, um, especially at Aberdeen when I was playing. Um, and if you're referring to the, the year that I, I, I had my divorce and... Uh, you know, with all intents and purposes, I'd finished playing football professionally then anyway. But it still didn't help that I sort of I drifted my way through life for a year uh, before somebody quite rightly pointed out that if I carried on drinking and and and, and uh, you know sort of going out and, and doing things to excess as I was doing, then then something I would severely damage something or someone which was more important to me because I've got a very very close. Uh, network of family and friends that I've had for a long, long time, and and I wouldn't just be ruining myself, but I'd be disappointing others, and and I quickly snapped out of it, and and I don't have, um, I I, I have a drink now without any question, but it, it, I do it in 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 binges if you like, and I will put a night to one side, and I'll go and have a, a good drink with a few friends, and then I, I, I'll go two or three weeks, and and I, I won't bother with it. Uh, and I think that maybe it was a it was a tinge of loneliness, and maybe it was a tinge of the fact that um, somewhere in the subconscious that I, I just felt as though um, I should be I should be doing you know I should be doing better than I actually am, and rather than doing something about it, I turned to drinking, doing that, and and, and like I said, I, I disappointed myself by doing that, Jimmy. <laughs> I have a fan question here in front of me and he asks what advice would you give to someone who is going through a hard time in their life in terms of regaining peace? Um, a very good question. I, I think that um, I, I think that speak to people. Speak to people. Don't 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 bottle up any of your emotions. Don't um, don't don't have negative emotions. Don't be bitter, don't be don't be jealous, don't be resentful. Um, you'll find that you're in a much happier, much cleaner place or a much clearer place in your mind if you if you speak to people on a regular basis and you surround yourself with, with people who love you, with family, with friends, um, and they soon make you forget about anything negative that might be going through your mind. And for me, like I said, the, the close friends I've got both in and out of football and, and obviously my family who have been wonderful throughout this. And and, and, and for the last 10 years, the, the girl that I've been with has been wonderful. And, and she's seen me um, certainly at the start of our relationship for a few years before I started um, building my life back up with, with, with being at, at Man United and, and enjoying what I'm doing there now. Then it, it, it is, I, I just owe them a, a lot. And, and I'm hoping, again, 
when you read the book, you realise how how uh, how dear I do hold my, my family and my friends. We've spoken about the bad times, but what would you say was your happiest memory in United Church? Oh, uh, I mean, there's a few. I mean, obviously winning winning the Youth Cup um, in my first year, um, making you know so many good friends, uh, and and they're, they're still there to this day. Uh, I think that the, the, the top one when I was at United was obviously making my debut. I mean, that is something that uh, that everybody who, who, you know, not everybody, but boys growing up all over the world would, would absolutely give the right arm for. And as much as I didn't have the career that, that I wanted to have, um, which is no disrespect to, to any other team that I played for, and certainly the career that maybe I was destined to have, uh, it... it it's just something that nobody can ever take away from me that I have actually put on that shirt. I've played for 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 a team that I've supported since I was like five years old, um, and and something that, that that most boys all over the world would give the right arm for. So that's something that I, I can nobody can ever take away from me, and uh, and I I just loved every single minute of it. But there were some that were just the pinnacle and making me debut and winning that youth cup with those boys who they will all tell you is something no matter how how many titles they won FA Cups Champions Leagues and, and wherever they won them that is something that because it was the first thing they won at Man United that is something that they all hold very very dear I interviewed Gary Neville last Tuesday and he actually said very similar he said in terms of getting the sense of success and what it takes to be a winner over a sustained period of time. He said the Youth Cup win was essential. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was. And, and well, there you go. There's your case in point. I mean, Gary Neville, who was, you know, England's best right-back for 15 years and, and captain Man United, captain his country, was an absolute leader on the field. Um, even he remembers back to... to to what it took to, to be able to, to win a national trophy, albeit at, at under-18 level, when most of us, by the way, were still only 17. I think people forget that. Um, and and it, it was something as well that, that Manchester United had prided themselves on through the Busby Babes era. Uh, and then the, the, there was a, a huge barren spell for nearly 30 years when United hadn't won it. And Sir Alex Ferguson was intent on making sure that we got back to that and fortunately it was our year um, as special as it was that um, that got United back to winning FA Youth Cups and I know that you know since 1992 they've won it another four or five times admittedly not recently but certainly through the 90s and into the early 2000s they won it another four or five times and we started off that trend and, uh, and, uh, and we all absolutely were you know loved the fact that we came into the club in our first year and uh, and won the FA Youth Cup and like I said, lads will remember the lads who were involved in that Giggsy, Betts, Nicky but they will uh, they will hold that very very dear. I just have three more fan questions and then I'd like to conclude with current matters if that's okay with you. Okay, fire away, Jimmy. So I talked to a couple of Salford lads and they were eager for me to ask this. They think the club is losing its identity. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I can understand why they might say it, but uh, I just I just want to say what I've said all along that um, I, I was thrilled when Jose Mourinho was being announced as Manchester United's manager, and I know that um, that the you know sometimes his style of play is different to what we've been used to 
from the Sir Alex Ferguson era. But I certainly think that there's a massive improvement from, from the time of David Moyes and Louis van Gaal. And in all fairness to Sir Jose Mourinho, he came in, he won trophies, he got us back into the, into the, the, the Champions League. And I think that that result against Newcastle on Saturday was, or the, you know, a week last Saturday, was, was those lads really fighting for him, for themselves and for the fans. And I think that we all needed to see that. And I am 100% behind Jose Mourinho. And I think that that can be the springboard for United to, to claw back the deficit. And let's have it right, Jimmy, that these players give or take one or two with the same team that came back from two goals down at Crystal Palace last year. And I was there covering it for MUTV when Nemanja Matic scored that fabulous goal in the last minute and it won goal of the season for, for United. Um, and also, more famously, when we came back from two goals down at the Etihad towards the end of the season. And this is the same group of lads. So they, they know that if they reach their pinnacle, they can compete with the best, not just in domestically, but internationally as well. And once they get back to that level, I don't think you're seeing a Man United team that is far off winning the league. And they proved that when they went to Manchester City, who were the best team in the league. As much as it pains me to say it, they won the league by a country mile, deserved to win the league, but were played off the park in that second half by a Man United team that is very, very similar to the one that you're seeing now. And there's no reason why we can't get back to that. We just need the fans to get behind the manager and the players. Do you think the Alexis Sanchez goal against Newcastle could be another Mark Robbins moment in a similar manner to the one that saved Fergie's career? I certainly hope so, because I, I, I feel as though um, Alexis Sanchez himself, we saw him at Arsenal, we've all seen him at Arsenal, and he won games for Arsenal single-handedly. That, that's not you know, a, a sweeping statement, that is fact. And we know that he, if he hits the heights that he got to at Arsenal, then we would have one hell of a player on our hands. And I'm not saying that he's the only one, but he's the most notable one because you you really expected there was a buzz when he came to us in January. And he and barring one or two fleeting moments, last Saturday being one, he, he's not really hit the heights that everybody expected. But that's not to say that he can't do that. And if we can get everybody firing on all cylinders, like I've just said, I, I, I feel as though the talk of, of Jose Mourinho and his job being on the line will be will be very, very remote. What have you made of the Paul Pogba situation? I think that there seems to be a power struggle there, in my opinion, that can't help Mourinho. Well, I'm I'm used to I'm used to being uh, um, I'm used to being under Sir Alex Ferguson, and the ma- as far as I'm concerned, at any football club, the manager should be in charge. I appreciate that these days players have a lot of power. But at the end of the day, when you've got a manager there in front of you, then you need to show him the respect. Um, as long as he commands it and as long as he gives it as well, then I don't think that there should be a, 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 a problem with, with any players rebelling or revolting. And we don't know what is going on behind the scenes. You can only get speculation and, and read what you read in the papers. And if there is a problem, I would A, like it to be ironed out and B, ironed out behind closed doors because the politics of football do not need to of any football club do not to do not need to be in the public domain um, Sir Alex Ferguson sorted his players out behind closed doors and I know because I, I, I was part of that and I and it wasn't his style 
Jose Mourinho may have a different style. And if you want to see a flip side to it, I didn't agree with what with the things that maybe last year he said about Luke Shaw. But I tell you what, Luke Shaw has come back this season and he's probably been arguably United's best player. So, you know, as a manager, it's Jose Mourinho's job to, to work out who needs what and how to get the best out of them. And, and if he can get the best out of your Alexis Sanchez and your Paul Pogba's, then what a, what a fabulous team we will have on our hands and, and he will have to run. Let's conclude with two light-hearted questions then. Okay. I actually feel bad reading this one out. Was Robbie Savage as annoying as he is now? <laughs> hey, do, you, do you know what? And I'll tell him that because I'm on Radio 5 Live with him on Friday morning doing um, doing the, his show that he has every Friday. And we're having a bit of a, bit of a reunion with a couple of the lads on the phone from the class of 92, uh, which culminates in, in Sav getting his mum on. And apparently this happens every week. He gets his mum on for a Premier League prediction uh, for, for, for over the weekend. So I, I, I have no qualms whatsoever. Sav is, the, is one of the funniest. He's, one of the, he's brilliant to be around. But my God, yeah, he, he can be bloody annoying. He seems like a top lad, though. Oh, an absolute diamond. I, I love him to bits, and, he, and every time he sees me, he takes the piss out of me. But as long as it, because he knows that he's had it all his career, and he just get he, he, he gets it back, but he doesn't care. And and who can argue with him? He had a, a really good career as a player, and uh, and and he, he's he's doing extremely well as a pundit, and and I, I love him. I'm going to put you on the spot for the final question now. What will be your all-time five-a-side United team? Um, my all-time five-a-side United team. Wow. Um, That's a tough one. Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, well, it'd be Peter Schmeichel in goal. I'd have Schmeichel, there's no, yeah. There's no way you're ever scoring past him. I'd agree with that. Okay. No way you're ever scoring past him. Um, I'd have Yap Stam in the middle because you're never getting past him. Okay. I'd have... I'd have Gaz in there because he's a talker. Um, Giggsy because of his fleet foot. Um, now then, who would I have? Because um, that's four. Is that four? That's four, that, yeah. That's four. Um, and I, I'd probably need somebody who was brilliant. In, I mean, I, I could probably say Betts because he could score from anywhere. But on a five-a-side pitch, I'd probably go for Coley because he was lightning quick in the box. I'd maybe put in... Roy Keane and Paul McGrath, but other than that, I couldn't really disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't leave Scalzi out of any team. To be honest with you, but it's a horrible I mean, question. I, I need to. I mean, if you ask me again tomorrow, Jimmy, I could probably give you five, five different players, you know. And if you ask me again the next day, I'd probably do the same. But uh, I was just very, very blessed to play with a lot of talented players, and uh, and it makes me feel extremely proud. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. No problem at all. Anything I can ever help you with in the future, Jimmy, just give me a shout, mate. I'm very grateful for your time and your honesty, and I wish you all the best with the book and everything you do. Thank you very much. You too. Thanks very much. All the best. Cheers. Good night. It's Pallister calling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! I don't believe it! Well left by York, fed by Cole. Back to Andy Cole.